Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 119, verses 41 to 48. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I shall have an answer for those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. Do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your ordinances. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. I shall walk at liberty, for I have sought out your precepts. I will also speak of your decrees before kings, and shall not be put to shame. I find my delight in your commandments, because I love them. I revere your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances, that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God in all the, all the days of your life, and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding to you, so that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children, and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Oh, continuing on to verses 20 to 25. When your children ask you in time to come, what is the meaning of the decrees and your statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God, our God, has commanded you? Then you shall say to your children, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Lord displayed before our eyes great and awesome signs and wonders against Egypt, against Pharaoh and all his household. He brought us out from there in order to bring us in, to give us the land that he promised on oath to our ancestors. Then the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our lasting good, so as to keep us alive, as is now the case. If we diligently observe this entire commandment before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, we will be in the right. James chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder... You have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment.
Good morning and welcome to the 22nd Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 119, uh, Deuteronomy 6, with two selections that I didn't quite recognize at first. Then finally, James uh, 2. This morning, um, we have the Shema, which is uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. We hear it again in Mark and possibly Matthew in a slightly different way. Um, and it's called the Shema because that's the first word here, Shema. Um, and uh, Hebrew, being an ancient language, it had fewer words, each of which that had much more meaning than most individual words today. And here uh, meant also obey, because it was assumed that if you heard it, you would follow whatever it is. So if the king sends out his heralds and they say, hear, O citizens, blah, 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 they're also telling you to obey, because it's assumed that once you hear it, you're bound by it. And that's kind of what we get into in the James reading, um, where it's assumed that you know, if, if you've um, <coughs> if you've been exposed to the law, you're bound by it. And Paul gets, you know, kind of up in arms about this. He's very concerned about what the law does in the minds of the people. Um, James and Paul are, are infamous for being kind of polar opposite. James is like, show me a faith without works and I'll show you dead faith. And Paul is like, there's no works. <laughs> you can't earn it. Um, but, uh, the thing that really got me, I think the Shema is, is noteworthy for, you know, anybody who's really studied the the Bible formally and informally, um, because you, um, it was, it's transformed. The Shema is really important. I think it said, um, either at Passover or maybe like every, uh, Sabbath night, I'm not sure. Um, and in Israel, some Orthodox Jews will even like take leather bands that have been imprinted with this, with the Shema and wrap them around their arms. They'll take these little, um, brown cubes, um, printed with Hebrew characters that I don't know what they say. Um, and they will like tie it to their forehead, um, in, in obedience to this, uh, this verse of Deuteronomy. Um, and, in, in saying it, um, the people are acknowledging that the Lord is God and only the Lord is God. Um, and it's calling those who say it to love the Lord with everything, heart, soul, and strength or might. Um, and the reason for that is revealed in the last line of the James reading. For judgment without mercy to anyone who has, uh, will be without mercy, anyone who has shown mercy. And this is one of my favorite lines in the last several weeks, I think I've read. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Um, and I think this gets to a bit of Paul's unease about, you know, what, what it is that happens when you put all these rituals in place that can get in the way. We think these rituals or what's important, and they protect us from judgment. When Paul, for Paul, it's really easy. Love God, 
and God loves you back. And that mercy, that love will overcome any, you know, judgment. And Paul also hopes that by knowing that you love God, you know that you are not going to be punished for, you know, failing to live up to a piece of the law. So it's actually a really complex uh, set of readings this morning. Um, but it's a reminder that, um, you know, rituals are important, uh, but they're not the only, they're not the most important. The most important is what happens inside our hearts and inside our minds um, uh, through the rituals that we do. So, you know, wh- whether you tie something to your forehead and your, your forearm and you, you recite, you know, the specific words to your children, if you do that, but it doesn't change your insides, <laughs> um, then it's nothing. It doesn't, it, it's lost its purpose. And that's Paul trying to say like, look, forget about the law. The law, is it's not about the law, it's about God's love. And James would agree, but he also, I'm sure, uh, because humans are humans, he sees how people can use that as an excuse to not do the right thing because ritual and works are so bound together. Um, And so James has some really harsh things to say about people who believe that that, um, liturgy, which means the work of the people, which is ritual, but it's also this moral uh, act that we do, like charity and almsgiving and all these other acts and deeds. He says, look, you can't do it without it um, because clearly your inside has not been changed. And if all you feel is, you know, if you've got some puppies and sunshine in there, but no conviction to do the right thing, then, you know, your faith is a clanging symbol. Um, you know, that's... You know, toxic positivity in the first century. Um, but, and this is what I think is so important, and I think where James and Paul agree, mercy triumphs over judgment. Judgment has has no foundation if it's swept out from under it. That's why elsewhere in the New Testament, um, believers are encouraged to, to race to the courts if a believer has brought a charge against you. Race there and and settle it before it gets to that point. Because once it enters into that system, mercy becomes so much more difficult. Um, but it, it, it will always triumph over judgment. Um, but it means that our, our insides and our deeds must be in sync. And when they are, there's no need for judgment because the, the purpose of the law has been fulfilled, which is um, to change our hearts and minds. So anyway, that's, I wasn't planning to go that in depth. I just really appreciate this reading. Um, I hope you also appreciate the new intro and outro. Uh, you have some clues how you can participate in First Formation that I think I'm hoping will become permanent. Um, so you'll always be reminded. I haven't moved the RSS feed yet. I'm hoping to do that, um, I think maybe November 1st, but I'm not positive. Anyway, I will continue to update, uh, everybody uh, on what to expect, but I did want to roll out some of these changes slowly. Um, one of those being the, the ponder exchange thing is I'm keeping that separate. We're getting back into first formation and um, uh, yeah, I, I hope you all uh, uh, either appreciate it or tell me how, um, how it is that you'd like to see it change or update, be updated or revised in the future. I'm always open to comments. 
If you don't know how to reach out to me, just search my name on Twitter, on the interwebs, and I'm sure you'll find me. But anyway, um, I appreciate you being on this journey with me. And uh, if you have any prayer requests, also feel free to reach out and let me know. I'm happy to pray for them on air or off air. Prayer of Self-Dedication from the Book of Common Prayer Almighty and Eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills, that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated to you. And then use us, we pray you, as you will, and always to your glory and the welfare of your people through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.